The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. That's right, kids. It's Christmas season. Again, regardless of what that curvy witch Mariah Carey says, it's now officially Christmas season, and we go back to Christmas countdown. Well, and also, Annabelle's wondering, what's in the box? <laughs> well, for yeah, don't ask Justin Timberlake or Andy Samberg. Yeah, welcome, yeah, yeah. Welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of the hosts. And to my right is a man who had his share, who had his healthy share of Thanksgiving stuffing. Unfortunately, share it with the fact that the Seattle Seahawks ruined his Thanksgiving. Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are you doing tonight? Uh, to quote Buzz from Home Alone 2, I'm going to modify it, or Home Alone, rather. The, the uh, I'm going to modify it a little bit. I did have copious amounts of Thanksgiving turkey. I ate to the point where I felt sick, which is the point of the holiday to me. It's Fat Guy Christmas, as Conrad, Conrad Thompson says. But I'm surprised, uh, based on the way the Seahawks played on Thursday night, I'm surprised they didn't barf it back up. That's where Buzz, that's where Buzz... That's where Buzz comes comes in. <laughs> Buzz, your football team. Woof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before we get to the topics tonight, we're gonna we gotta tell you about our social media channels, which are right down here below. Twitter, Instagram, the scarcely TikTok, it's at no Facebook.com forward slash no YouTube.com forward slash at no If you could, if you could, please. Like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social media channels. I really would appreciate it. And on the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on a whichever podcast platform you are on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast, rate and review. Rating five stars would be preferred for the – oh, my God. Five stars would be the – I've had too much Thanksgiving turkey. Five stars, <laughs> the preferred number of stars we need you to rate. If you can, if you're on a platform where you can, uh, where you can review, we might even read your review on the air. No matter, no matter how glorious, uh, gloriously gleeful or humbuggery it is, uh, we'll we'll read it on the air. And because this is a live show, we're live. We're live pretty much every week. We want you to engage with the show. And we want your comments. And I know Dustin, you've been waiting a few days. And only in the holiday spirit, you want to hear that sound, that glorious, glorious sound. Oh, yeah. Perfect finisher to my Thanksgiving uh, meal. <laughs> yep. So it's, it's that perfect sound for when it's lulls, you, the, the trip to fan kicks in and lulls you to sleep. That harp, yeah, yeah. That magical, magical harp. It's the opposite of me on our Thanksgiving morning stream exclusive to YouTube 
I was on one during that one because I had a little too much Invader coffee, but it was a great it was a great one. <laughs> that indeed it is. We'll talk about Invader coffee in just a brief moment, but we got to get down to business and talk about NFL Week 12. And of course, as we usually do, we start off with the biggest upset of the week. And Dustin, I'm heavy. I, I know we we do we do a rundown every week. Before we go on air, just to get our thought, gather our thoughts, yeah, and uh, talk about the week. But I think we're on the same page here. What was your biggest upset of the week? Well, to me, and I was really because I had a feeling you were going to pick this game, so I was really searching for you know another game to possibly pick because newsflash, folks, the show is not always that entertaining if Ryan and I pick all of the same things to discuss, but. There was really only one pick for me, and that is the Green Bay Packers, the Packers, upsetting the Lions on Thanksgiving. Nobody expected this. No one. I was gobsmacked because I'm I'm driving. You know, we we finished up our our Thanksgiving morning stream, which is becoming one of my favorite highlights of the holiday. Mm -hmm. We finished that up. I'm driving over to my sister's because we're gonna we're gonna meet up and then carpool to my uncle's. And I hear on the car that the the Packers scored a touchdown almost immediately. And I'm going, whoa, man. And, you know, they jumped all over the Lions. The Lions did battle back a bit, but the Packers really surprised. And as part of it, and I know you're probably going to get into it a little bit more, but Jordan Love, he's been starting to play pretty well uh, over the last few weeks. And uh, it was just very surprising, especially to see the Lions come out on Thanksgiving Day and kind of lay a little bit of an egg by their standards this year. Yeah, that was I. I mean, the Lions are the biggest upset in my mind. They're also I'll I'll, I'll, I'll save myself a segment here to talk, for talking. They're also my biggest disappointment of the week because here they are, national television audience, basically the only game going on at the time. They have a chance to let the people know, hey, we're the we're the Detroit Lions. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. We come out and we punch in the mouth, both on offense and on defense, and we might even throw in a little special teams here and there. But this was just a massive egg that they laid. And look, look, I'll t- I'm talking about this in my hot take too. But you're, you're playing. Maybe the Lions are starting to play down to their opponents. I, I have to wonder because they almost. They almost lost to the Bears the previous week. Mm-hmm. And now they lose to the Packers, who are fighting to get into the last wild card spot in the NFC. And I'm just I'm just kind of starting to wonder if there's if like like they would like where the, the they were saying, for example, the Cowboys or the Chargers. We've mm-hmm. talked about them playing down to their opponent. I wonder if the Lions are starting to do starting to do the same thing. Because yeah. this was a winnable game. The Packers are a lesser quality opponent than the Lions, mm-hmm. but Dan Campbell. Going back to that fourth down well, way, way too many times in this game. And they paid for it. They were one for five on fourth down. Yeah. And Jordan Love having just one of the best days he's had in his, his young career so far and throwing for three touchdowns in this game. So I, I just have to wonder what's going on with the Lions. Are you, are you so sure of yourselves of being the team to beat in the NFC North? Or the NFC Norris, as uh, as Chris Berman yeah. call him, 
Yeah. God, missed God, missed that. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if they're so sure of becoming, if they, if they're if they're starting to play down to their opponents, and they're just going to miss out on a great opportunity to win that division. Yeah, yeah, because you know, and and don't look now, but if the Packers are somehow managed to continue this this uh, this rise, um, then that division, because the Vikings also previous to Monday nights, I'm sad that I watched the remainder of that game after bowling. That was brutal. And, and I will be talking about the other opponent in the other NFC North team in that game uh, later in the show. But this division, if the Lions don't get their act together, you know, Green Bay could come up and, 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 and bite them if they if they get on a bit of a hot streak or even the Vikings. If now the wheels came off for Josh Dobbs, but, but Nick Mullins. We've seen him have pockets of success again in this league, and he has been the Vikings' backup all year. And if he was not on IR, he would have been the the starter when Kirk Cousins went down. So if the Vikings can kind of get, get themselves right, they're not out of anything either. So this division, the Lions have to keep winning to, to run away with it. And uh, the last couple of weeks, they haven't looked as inspiring. They haven't. They haven't been. I'm, I'm pretty sure my friend Julie, who is from Michigan, who's a tr- big Detroit sports fan, and I'm also sure that Mike Brown, who is a co-founder of Belly Up Media or Belly Up Sports, uh, will have to agree that they got to keep things going. They're only two games up in the division now, so they got to keep the momentum going if they're going to wind up being one of the having one of the top playoff spots. I thought they could possibly be a number one. They could have possibly have home field advantage and get that first round by, but now I'm not so sure anymore. Yeah, uh, especially with the way they've been playing lately, and especially with the way that Dan Campbell's been coaching this team, I like his attitude. I like his, I like his go for attitude. His his pirate mentality, bite yeah. off people's kneecaps. But I'm starting to wonder if, it's start, if if there's too much of that, then it'll start to backfire, and they'll miss out on a great opportunity. I'll mention that a little bit more later. Yeah, more later. Um, so we're gonna move on to our uh, biggest disappointment. And I've already kind of expressed my biggest disappointment. The Lions were the biggest disappointment in my mind. Uh, Dustin, who's your biggest disappointment from this week? Well, to me, it's got to be more of a player than than a team, and it is not something I was very disheartened to see this. But the astronaut, I I, I brought back the Christmas mug. Oh, there we go, festive. There we go. You're right on. Yeah. But the astronaut, aka Josh Dobbs. Came back down to earth a little bit. Astronaut? You mean more like astronaut? Because he played yeah. like ass part of my English. He did. He did. He he threw four interceptions against a Bears defense that hasn't been very notable this season. And you had a golden opportunity. You were riding momentum. You know, Kirk Cousins had said this team was was left for dead by many including us on this show but then mm-hmm. then they got on that they got on that roll they got on that streak and Kirk Cousins he credited Creed at the time right before he went down he said they're taking us higher in the Vikings Josh Dobbs kept that momentum going and you really started to think hey if the Lions don't uh be careful here the the Vikings were riding a ton of momentum heading into Monday night's game 
And then they proceeded to just play a, a, a absolutely borderline unwatchable game against the Bears. And the Vikings, even with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, um, they're the superior team. And, and to me, they have the better coaching. And, and it just was – it was absolutely – unbelievable to watch that game and see the Vikings lose it because in spite, here's the bad thing, in spite of Josh Dobbs for interceptions, they almost came away with the victory. They almost got it. Um, but man, I was just disappointed. And and uh, the Vikings coach, Kevin O'Connell, has come out and said that likely Nick Mullins will, they're likely looking at chain, making a change at starting quarterback. Unfortunate for Josh Dobbs. Everybody's rooting for him. But you can't throw four interceptions in a, in a primetime game like that, especially when you're really trying to get into the playoffs. It, it's, it's too much. So it was disappointing. So I've got two elements for our biggest disappointment. We've got one for a team and one for player. So I'll put the play. I'll do the player biggest disappointment for player first. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, for our team, this biggest disappointment for our team. <laughs> Good old Chauncey Winston. Never yes, <laughs> yes. I could. You know what? I could have, and I could have said the Seahawks. I'm sure a lot of people were thinking, but honestly, that game turned out how I thought it was going to turn out. You know, I had no illusions of grandeur. You, you remember anybody that tuned into the Thanksgiving YouTube exclusive, by the way, um, yeah. live stream? They know. They know my thoughts on that game. They know. They know how I was thinking, and those. Those two Rams losses loom large because uh, the Seahawks schedule, we're about to play some tough teams. It's going to get bad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. Now with the injuries piling up too, you mentioned it on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, go back and watch it. Not now, but watch it after. Yeah. yeah. Watch it after. Uh, you mentioned injuries and starting to catch up with the Seahawks. So, yeah, hoping for you guys. Yeah, we'll I'm see. Hoping my Jets, though. Well, we'll talk about Black Friday another time. That's uh, that's gonna be a memory that I would like to forget. But moving on to most entertaining game, Black Friday's game was not the most entertaining game, but no. I'll lead up for this one. I'll lead up with this one. Bills Eagles was by far the most entertaining game in my mind this week. Eagles fall behind by as many as as many as ten. Uh, they're losing 17-7 at the half. They were down 24-14, and then both teams just start playing sports. They, they play start. They start playing scoring ping pong, where each team yeah, yeah. one scores a touchdown, the other scores a touchdown, another scores a touchdown, and then Eagles rally and they wind up tying the score with 20 seconds left. And then the Bills, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to make of this Bills team. Oh yeah, they yeah. had a beautiful opportunity to close this game out. They had a 12 play drive to start overtime. You only get 10 minutes in overtime in the NFL. But they had a wonderful opportunity to close out this game. And they went up kicking a field goal. Not sure what's going on with in Sean McDermott's head. And then the Eagles marched on the field and Jalen Hurts runs it in for a touchdown with, with uh, runs in for a touchdown from 12 yards out to end the game. And 
there's two things I kind of gathered from this from watching this game. You know, watching on Red Zone. Uh, mm-hmm. First off, uh, the Eagles are dang lucky. They're they still have only one loss. And by the way, that one loss is still by my New York Jets. But yes. Later. <laughs> more on that later. I'm pretty sure my buddy Cool McCain's still not happy to but to hear about that. He's a big Eagles fan. <laughs> but um, but this Bills team, I don't know what their identity is. Every time that every yeah. time this season that Josh Allen has committed a turnover, they've lost. They've lost. And I have a feeling. And I said this in the beginning of this. I didn't say this at the beginning of the season, but I predicted the Bills would win the AFC East. Now, not only does it look like they're not, they may not win the East, they may not be in the playoff picture by the time week 17, week 18 comes around. So the Bills got to figure out who they are and they got to do it soon as, as soon as possible. Yeah. As soon as possible. Because if they don't, they're going to miss a, they're going to miss an opportunity at going to the playoffs this year. And who knows what they'll do with the rest of, with this team once the season ends? Yeah, could Stefan Diggs be out of his way? Be on his way out of Buffalo? We've had we know about his his uh, clashes with Josh Allen and him wanting the ball and and Von Miller's not any any younger. He's on that big mm-hmm. old contract at the uh, last season, tore his ACL. Now he's back, but we. I don't hear a whole lot from about him in, in many games. So no, it's going to be interesting to see what the bills do after the, after this season, if they miss the playoffs and a one, at least one Buffalo bills fan who will be completely apoplectic. If they miss the playoffs this year, uh, he has a, he shares the same last name as I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But that's my thought from this coming out, coming out of this game. It's my, it's my thoughts. And you know, I know the Eagles have some stuff to improve on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they barely escaped this game. I thought they were going to run away with it uh, coming into the coming into this game. So that's my take on the most entertaining game. Dustin, what was your most entertaining game from the week? Well, I will tell you that that Eagles Bills game under normal circumstances, I would have picked that. Um, but again, I really I was trying to find another game. And if I'm honest, I didn't see as much of the Eagles-Bills game as I wanted to because I had I had some family things later in the day. I saw much more of the early window football. But I, And let me caveat this. I think I'm just happy. My most entertaining game is between the Jaguars, the Jaguars, and the Texans. Jaguars. Um, and, I, and I will say this is because – if the Jag, if the Jags play with as much balance as they played um, with on Sunday afternoon, they're going to be a tough team in the playoffs. But as as uh, Schmidt said last week when he was tuning in, the Jags are mercurial. You never know what you're going to get with them. But if they are right, they're a tough team. Etn can run run the ball. Uh, the wide receivers looked great in this one. Christian Kirk had a a beautiful catch. Right, right before the halftime, he thought he thought the Jaguars were going to score on it to, to to take more of a commanding lead into halftime. But then a confounding pitch play to Travis Etienne that everybody in the stadium knew was coming. If you're going to do that, they were on the one yard line. Just run it up the gut. Why are you doing a pitch play to the outside to your running back there? I I don't agree with that. But the Jaguars. They, they were up in this game 10 nothing, and then the Texans battled back. That's been their identity under D'Amico Ryans. Also, um, it's Mike Singletary's job at running back now. He looks he looks 
vastly superior to Damon Pierce. Trust me, I know. I had Damon Pierce on on the chemical toilet to start the year. It was not it was not a good start, but. Um, I am just starting to fall in love with watching this Texans you mean, you team. You mean Devin Singletary? What? Uh, you, said, you said Mike Oh, Singletary. Mike Singletary. I did it again. I did it again. But, yes, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, former, <laughs> former, former Buffalo Bill, former Buffalo Bill. I still don't – I maybe Buffalo shouldn't have got rid of him. <laughs> maybe. No. Maybe they shouldn't have gotten rid of him. But, yes, Devin Singletary, it is his job now. But I am starting to just be in the tank for this Texans team. I like the all-red uniforms. Tank Dell, he's making circus catches all over the field. C.J. Stroud to Tank Dell is becoming a very potent connection. C.J. Stroud tried to rally back the Texans. They fought back to get it within three. And then they're trying to tie the game late after the after the Jags you know, the Jags uh, had a beautiful drive, um, but they they fall short partially in thanks to Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen on, on uh, the Jags. He sacked C.J. Stroud two times, two and a half times on the day, I believe. Uh, but one of them was in that crucial drive when C.J. Stroud was trying to bring the team back. That sack really cost them. But this also interesting fact that the announcers on that game talked about. This is the first time ever that these two teams have played for first place in the division, especially this late in the season. Um, so I think it's just I'm just was very entertained by both teams. And uh, I hope we see a potential matchup like that in the playoffs again, because it was fun to watch. I'm hoping that this is a rivalry going forward. Like yes. These two teams will be the two teams that will vie for the AFC South year in and year out. And I guess you can throw in Indianapolis too. They're starting to make the comeback. Although, yeah. although Jonathan Taylor, unfortunately may be out for four weeks after th- following yes. up with uh, possible thumb surgery after hurting it in the Tampa Bay game. Uh, but I would say that this AFC South division, with the exception of the Texas, exception of the Titans, excuse me, the Fleming, the yeah. Fleming Thumbtacks. Yeah. Uh, Greg Easterbrook. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Greg Easterbrook. <laughs> I, I think this this division's on the rise, and yeah, it's gonna be sure. t- it's gonna be hotly contested for the next couple of years between all. Th- I think those three teams with, you know, with the Jaguars, the the Jags, yeah, uh, with uh, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence making beautiful music down there. You got uh, C.J. Stroud doing his thing in Houston, and you got Shane Steichen uh, rolling pretty good with that offense and the defense in in in, uh, in Indianapolis. And the yes, Tennessee Titans. I I got I, I gotta do it. I gotta put I gotta do the element. I gotta do it. I, gotta, I, gotta, I can give you my feelings about the uh about the uh where is it? Where the heck is it? Uh, uh the Tennessee Titans. Ready? And pull trash. The Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, good coach. Uh maybe the future coach of the Pats down the line. Who knows? But yeah, the Titans, the Titans reign in that division is over because as you pointed out, and let's not forget, Indianapolis has their backup quarterback in there. They're 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 yeah. your old Minshew magic. Uncle Rico. I, you can only you can only I for one am salivating at the thought of Anthony Richardson back at the helm 
um, of this Colts team next year. Hopefully he learns how to run a, li- a little less. I mean, you love the aggression, but it's cost him because he's he, he was injured in almost every game that he started uh, this year for the Colts. But when he was in there, he looked dynamic between he, C.J. Stroud, and Trevor Lawrence. Like you said, this division's on the rise, and I hope it's going to be fun to watch for many years to come. Yeah, Titans had their chance to get in this, to the Super Bowl with that window. Unfortunately, I think that window is closing, and it's closing really, really fast. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about the rest of Week 12 in the NFL, so stay tuned. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good, quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic, air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. That is right, folks. As seen on this program on Thursday when Dustin was bouncing off of the... Off the <laughs> <laughs> he was sipping on some bad Santa Invader Coffee. So the holiday blends are back. I got the three-pack I'm actually enjoying. I've been enjoying since Friday... I've been enjoying copious amounts of the Jolly Java uh, with Ooh. my French press in the morning. Fresh that's press. a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. And next one, I'm going to do the, the cookie crumble next. Oh, that's my that. favorite. I'm going to wrap it up with Bad Santa because that's my favorite of the three holiday blends. Which, uh, by the way, Dustin, you that's uh, for our, our battle of the Bryans, you can get me another bag of uh, uh, Bad Santa. Uh, All right. Whole bean, whole bean, please. Yes, of course, whole bean. We are, we are two whole bean households. Here on no, on no credentials required, and I just have, I just have to say, uh, I just have to say, as, as you've pointed out on this show, I got one of the holiday packs. Um, I got one of the holiday packs for friends of mine in Virginia as a little early holiday gift, and I know it'll get there super fast because of the shipping. You know, it's going to be right. Out, it's already shipped, and I ordered it on. On Monday, I believe it. It's already shipped, so it, it's just impressive. You know, they really do a great job, especially around the holiday season, of getting those out there. And I was going to ask you which bag you would like. So it is Bad Santa, correct? All right, That's Bad I, Santa. Yep. And you can, a- you can you can you can order your bag of coffee by using the link in our description, uh, both on the Facebook and YouTube pages, and on the in the description in the, on the podcast side so use that promo code that helps out the show you could also use promo code belly up at checkout you save 15 percent off your order and yeah you'll pay a little bit more for, for premium shipping but it comes to your door super quick you'll be able to enjoy those coffee beans sooner than later and i've been drinking bitter coffee since they became uh, an affiliate sponsor back in 2020 so great coffee great coffee company veteran owned great group of dudes and dudettes so Get your Invader coffee. Use the link in the description. Save some money using promo code BELLYUP at checkout. Moving on, we're still keeping on the theme of Week 12 in the NFL Most Noble Performance. And Dustin, uh, I'll have you lead off with this one. Who is your most noble performance of this week? 
My most notable performance, and he he returned and he looked every bit uh, as amazing as we remember. And maybe it's because I watch a lot of NFC West, but Kyron Williams, who I've picked before this season on this show, uh, but he had another just notable performance. And believe me, I was rooting for the Cardinals hard in this game, but Kyron, <laughs> Kyron was a big reason why uh, a win by the Cardinals did not happen. He had 143 rushing yards. He had, uh, I believe, six receptions for 61 yards and two receiving touchdowns. He was oh. just all over the field uh, as a running back. Unbelievable performance. Shout out to you, Kyron. And it pains me to do that because I am a Seahawks fan. <laughs> yeah. he, he's he's doing things that Brees Hall should be doing this year but unfortunately yeah, I wanted to ask you about that you know on another on another show perhaps what's going on with the man Brees Hall there jeez yeah well I I have my thoughts we'll we'll I'll, I'll touch upon that another time yeah. uh but for me the most notable performance of the week was one Jordan Love uh once maligned first round pick Jordan Love, uh, 22 of 32, 268 yards, three touchdowns, three three rushes, 39 yards uh, in the Thanksgiving game against the, the Lions, including a 37-yard scamper in the fourth quarter to basically wrap up the win for the Green Bay Packers over the Detroit Lions. And whatever mistakes that the Lions made in this game, he made them pay. He made them pay, and I'm going to say congratulations. I know my buddy Dave, who might may or may not be watching, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he uh, he's a big Packers fan. You know, you know, you know, big Dave. I he, do. Yeah, he's a big pack. He's in our fantasy football league. league. He's a big Packers fan. Uh, his family's in doc. His, his entire family is indoctrinated as just as uh, Packers fans. <laughs> uh, so he's pretty uh, pretty sure his Thanksgiving was. Uh, was pretty good with that, with the fact that uh, Jordan Love had a really g- solid game, and he led the Green Bay Packers to another uh, a win on Thanksgiving Day over over the Detroit Lions. Who, you know, fans may think you know, Aaron Rodgers is gone; he won't uh, he won't hurt them anymore. Well, unfortunately, Jordan Love's now doing probably going to do the same thing <laughs> to your Lions team. At least he did this game. At least he yeah. did. All right, moving on to the hottest individual take of week 12. I'll lead off with this one. I talked about it before in the biggest upset slash most 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 disappointing team, biggest disappointment of the week. And I got I got to talk about this again. While I admire Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions, I admire his pirate mentality and biting off kneecaps and being ballsy AF. <laughs> all this on fourth downs they're starting to backfire and i talked about it earlier in the show i said they were one for five on fourth down on thanksgiving they've only completed 48.1 percent of their fourth down attempts this season and I, I give them a lot of respect before their ravens game when i said i think this team has a chance to do a lot of damage in the playoffs i think they might have the opportunity to win home field advantage if things go well but with the chances they continue to take, I just while I I love their playoff chances. I love their chances of going to the playoffs. They got six games, like every team in this league, they have six games left in the season. I don't see them going very far if Campbell continues to make 
these high risk, low reward decisions like he did on Thursday. And I got to wonder if it's a, his coaches and advisors, his GMs just saying, look, we, we love the fact that you're being, being a maverick and you're going for it on fourth down, but look, the percentages aren't working out. So we got yeah. to make smarter decisions when it comes to fourth down. I get, I get if it's fourth down and short and you're trailing by a few points. I get it if you're early in the game or early, or if you're in this late in the second quarter and you're driving down the field and you're close to uh, close to the goal line, Maybe go for it on fourth and three, try to get a touchdown. Those things I get, but like, but if you're down, like their last, their second to last fourth down, they were inside the red zone with, I don't know, about five minutes left in the game. They had a chance to get within seven. And that fourth down play just was blown up right away. You could tell it was blown up. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I think they had a chance. I, I, I had confidence that they would win that game. I'm pretty sure you and I know you had uh, you were pretty confident that they would win. And our guest, uh, guest, uh, guest, our uh, Cole Johnson said he he thought they were a good chance to win this game. But unfortunately, all those fourth downs just kind of backfired, and they are they're they're still two games up in the division. Don't get me wrong, but if they want a higher seed in the playoffs, they're gonna have to play a little bit more. They're gonna have to Dan Campbell's gonna have to coach a little bit more smarter and a little bit more conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, there's a fine line between, um, you know, having faith in your team and then kind of kind of overdoing it a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I hope I hope for all the Lions fans and everybody, because we have we have made uh, no bones about it. We are lying. We we like this Lions team on this yeah. show and we want to yeah. see him in the playoffs. Uh, but but. Very well said. He's got to he's got to rein it in a little bit. Go against your natural instincts a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and because you've cost you've cost your team some victories here. Yeah. What was your hottest individual take of the week? Well, we're gonna stay in the NFC North, and let me let me start this out by saying we have bashed Brandon Staley, I think rightly so, on this show quite a bit. And let me just say, I I wrote it down in my notes. He looks, Brandon Staley, he looks perpetually uh, uh, worried or like he really has to go to the bathroom. Like he, he has this look <laughs> on his face, like, like almost like he doesn't know what's going on. But enough pot shots at Brandon Staley because for as much as we've gotten on Brandon Staley or Arthur Smith on this show, and also early in the year, Sean Payton, which let me take this. Let me take this opportunity to say congratulations, Sean Payton and the Broncos. You have you have made quite a turnaround. I didn't think it was going to happen. The only team that has done what you've done in recent memory to me is the 2002 Marty Schottenheimer red uh, led Redskins. I'm sure our our man D Willie remembers that team. But I think there's one coach that might even be worse than Brandon Staley. And that is Matt Eberflus of the Chicago bears. And it started out, it started out because while I was watching and I don't normally do this, normally I come in here and I go off the top of my head and I just spew things. And you all know, I get names wrong and things go crazy. My, My brain, this is all from the top of the dome. But this week I heard a stat during Monday night football that was so mind blowing to me that I actively looked for research to support it. Matt Eberflus 
And let me tell you this. If he got this same same stat in college, he'd already be gone. He'd already be gone because it is the equivalent to losing to your biggest rival. Matt Eberflus, previous to Monday night's victory, was 0-9 against divisional opponents. Let me say that again. Matt Eberflus had never won a game against an NFC North opponent prior to Monday night's win. And he's had had a year and a half at the helm now, a season and a half of games. His winning percentage, he has a 192 winning percentage because after I heard that stat, I said, is that true? Is he really that bad? So then I started doing some research. And special shout out to uh, ShySportsNation.com, an article by Jerry Mark. Markarian, he laid it out beautifully. Matt Eberflus's percentage win percentage in a season and a half at the helm is is 192 for a 5 and 12 record and here's the part that sealed it for me. We get on Brendan Staley all the time for finding ways to lose games. I think Matt Eberflus is doing the same thing because his record in one score games is 1 and 9. One and nine. You cannot, to me, you cannot put it and say, well, the Bears are undermanned. Not true. The Bears have some talent at a lot of positions. And and the GM tried to bring in some talent this past offseason and the, and the season before it to some degree. We all know Chase Claypool, that didn't work out. But but he has the GM has tried to build, bring in talent. At times, Justin Fields has looked has looked great at quarterback, but when your record is one and nine in one score games, it's on you. It's on it's on the coaching. It's on the head coach. You are making decisions that are causing the team to lose those games. You know that that you can't lay at the foot of the players and say, "Oh, the Bears are just outmanned." To me, a one and nine record in one score games indicates bad coaching. Yep, agreed. Agreed. And with that, we're going to take one more commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about what we have to look forward to. Well, sort of in uh, NFL week 13. <laughs> so, so stay tuned. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Billy Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. So we are deep into the NFL season. College football bowl season is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. NHL's on NHL is is going strong. NBA with their regular season and <laughs> NBA Cup <laughs> in season tournament. Uh I almost died inside saying that. Yeah. It's in full swing. But it's not just sporting events. You can buy tickets for for your loved ones during this holiday season. Concerts, comedy shows, plays, musicals. If it requires a ticket at the box office, you can find it at SeatGeek.com. And if you pay more, if you're 
If your order is $50 or more at checkout, use promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout. You get $20 off your order. So get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. Again, promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout. $20 off your, your first purchase of $50 or more. Use that promo code. Use it wisely. And Dustin, I know I'm, I'm, I've talked about this for the last couple of months. I'm still I'm still keying on January fourth at the at the Rock in New Jersey, the New Jersey Devils taking on the Connemara Dad and <laughs> the Chicago Blackhawks without Corey Perry. <laughs> oh. I don't know if you heard about that story, but yeesh. Um, oh boy, yeah. But I'm using promo code Belly Up Sports to check out for fifty dollars, twenty bucks off. I save myself twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. What an awesome deal! Yeah, yeah, great deal. Great deal indeed. All right, NFL Week 13, what we're looking forward to. Most intriguing matchup, and Dustin, I'll have you lead off with this one. Which which matchup this week are you keeping an eye on? Well, I looked at yours, and I'm like, man, I almost I almost wanted to pick that one. But then, luckily, I remembered there's another game on the, on the schedule, and I said, this one intrigues me just a little bit more. And for me, it's the 49ers-Eagles. Uh, because this has this has all the ingredients for a great game. First of all, both teams are talented. Both teams have some flaws, but they are very talented. They are probably two of the most complete teams in the NFC for sure, if not all of the NFL. But they also have a healthy dislike for each other. There has been a lot of chirping, especially by the 49ers after last year's uh, playoff loss to these Eagles. They said that the only reason they lost the game is because Brock Purdy was out and he couldn't really throw the ball. Um, And also I remember uh, Brandon Ayuk, I believe it was. It was either Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. Samuel, I can't remember. Okay, it was Debo. He called James Bradbury trash. And uh, also you got – so you have a healthy dislike. I think there's been some chirping between both teams. Both teams are going to be highly motivated to play this game. Both teams have talent. And lastly, you got two head coaches that are not – they're two of the better head coaches in the league. And I think they'll, it'll be a great chess match between the two of them to see, to see who comes out on top. And also as a side note, they're clearly not like Bill Belichick encouraging their players not to talk. Both of them clearly are like, Hey, <laughs> you know, we don't care. All, all <laughs> yeah. no. we so I am, a rivalry. I am really looking forward to this game. What about you, sir? You picked you picked another dandy, though. Yeah, I picked Denver at Houston. Yeah, you know, the Broncos are. So you know, we talked about you talked about Sean Payton. We talked about Sean Payton how early in the season he was a trash coach and he didn't belong back in the NFL. He shouldn't have come back. Well, guess what? Uh, we're eating our words here because the Broncos are riding a five game win streak, including a big victory last week against Cleveland. Yeah, which I didn't see. I didn't see coming. I'm no, pretty sure I you didn't, didn't see coming either. No, uh, actually, no. that was actually they actually qualified as one of my biggest upsets of the week. But I had to talk about the the Lions and the Packers. But yeah, Denver's coming in, riding that five game winning streak. They're playing well on both sides of the ball. While they're and they're playing a Texans team that they're starting to show some a little bit of cracks. They're some, mm-hmm. starting to show some cracks. They got some injuries on both sides of the ball, which is unfortunate. 
But to, in my mind, the matchup is going to be fun between Russell Wilson, who, yeah, isn't the Russell Wilson of old, but he's still a decent enough quarterback who's going to make smart plays down the stretch. Yeah. Like last weekend, like he did last weekend against Cleveland, like he did in the Kansas City game. So that was the first game that really started the ball rolling in, in this, uh, in, their, in the direction, that direction. It's on CJ Stroud, who's arguably, he's going to be, he, I'm sorry, not arguably, he'll be the rookie of the year this year. And yeah. Yeah. Suffer a catastrophic injury or completely take a giant dump down the stretch. He's going to be rookie of the year. And he's, he had a decent game last week. Against the the the, Jagu- the Jaguars, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't turn out to be a win. But this team is scrappy. This this Texans team is scrappy. The Broncos team Broncos team is a scrappy team too. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see that matchup uh, to see which team will prevail on top. And I'm 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 hoping it's the Texans. I'm hoping they continue this ride, this underdog ride. But at the same time, you know, the Broncos are playing for. Are, fighting for a playoff spot right now. So I gotta give them a lot I gotta give them a lot more respect than I did yeah. previously in the season. Now they're playing now they're playing a lot better. Yeah, and it and really, you know, as a as a Seahawk fan, I have a lot of of I remember what Russ used to look like. And and to your point, to your point, he is not the Russell Wilson of old. He he is not he is not 2014 Russell Wilson. That that is not a thing anymore. And he's not cooking. But let me tell you, Russ is still he's he's warming up the food. He might not be cooking it anymore, but he's warming up the food because he started he said he said after last week's win that he was starting to feel more like himself. And and you can see it. His confidence is starting to come back and he's finally using his legs more, which he doesn't quite have the speed that he once did, but he he it is still an element of his game that I wished he used more in his last couple of years in Seattle. He really got away from it. And now he's starting to run a little bit again, and it adds another dimension to his game. And he's also finding a connection with Cortland, Cortland Sutton. And uh, additionally, that Broncos defense, which I took Sean Payton to task for, I said, you took a great defense for all your shots at Nathaniel Hackett. You took a, a defense that Hackett had playing very well, and you put it in the trash well they're starting to come alive again so yep. uh it's gonna be a great matchup because i yeah i and you we both you everyone knows what we both think of cj stroud and what they're doing and texans stay with those red unis stay with them <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see what kind of uni, which unis are playing in this sunday uh desperation city i'll lead up with this one cincinnati at jacksonville the bengals Oof. Oh my gosh! I, I think their season, their season. If they don't win the battle of the big cats on Sunday, I think their playoff chances take a huge hit. And we had our previous, we had our NFL preview before the season began. I had the Bengals and the Chiefs going to the to the AFC Championship, but the way this season started, and now Joe Burrow being out for the rest of the season with a busted up wrist. I don't know if it's a torn tendon or a broken bone. You know, they're, they're in trouble with the NFL, but after not disclosing that injury, but you know, it, this it, this team should have beaten an underwhelming Steelers team last yes. week. But the Steelers, yes. to their credit, for the first time in fifty-eight games, <laughs> oh my god, I didn't realize how how long the streak this was. Fifty-eight games. 
between 400 plus yards on offense for the Steelers. <laughs> they, still up, they still went up only winning 17 to 10. Yeah. But they look made, made the Bengals look terrible. Yeah. And Cincinnati, they were less than impressive last week. They got to do a better job against the Jacksonville team who currently owns the number one seed in the AFC right now. They're eight and three. They're, they're I think they, they own a they're, they're they, have a, they have a, own the tiebreaker over Miami again, who is still not impressed me. Mm-hmm. So we have a team over five hundred this year. They own the I think the I think the the conference record over Miami right now. Jacksonville does so they own the first round by right now in the AFC. So if the Bengals don't come out swinging against Jacksonville and they completely lay down, I think their playoff chances are pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough not to, because, because Joe Burrow is not coming out of the wings. You're, you're on the Jake Browning show now, Uh, you know, and he had, he had a moment where I'm like, yeah, he's looking pretty good. And that quickly went South, you know, it was just the, he didn't uh, to to your and and Cole and my point um, about Tom Brady's comments. Uh, Jake Browning didn't do anything to assuage um, our thoughts about the backup quarterback play overall in the league. Which I don't know if you saw it. Alex Smith and Randy Moss had some some pointed response to to Tom Brady's uh, comments. Um, Alex Smith vehemently disagreed with him, and he did say Tom is the reason that a lot of these changes happened. He's calling out the officiating, but he's the reason it happened. And then, and then Randy Moss, like I, like I said last week, yes, like, you did. Yeah, you you're beat, the reason why some of these calls yeah, are made. Yeah, you beat Alex Smith to it. So uh, we're breaking things here on No Credentials Required. Tune right. in to us instead of ESPN. No, there's yes. room for both. There's room for both, but. I what I found what I found though uh, was Randy Moss. His comment was interesting. He goes, "My issue is why would you have to wait till you retired to say this stuff? You know, you were in the league, and that was partially Alex Smith's um, uh, uh, point as well. He was like, you were just in the league like two years ago. You were a part of this modern era that you're hating on, you know? <laughs> what changed between when you hung him up and now? Because it hasn't been that long. And then Randy Moss said, my issue is why has he got to wait till he retires to say all this stuff? If this is how he felt... Because he- he'll be fined. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I'm, but pretty yeah. Sure, I'm pretty sure Randy Moss got fined for saying rather, un- rather unsavory things about the NFL back in his day. Oh, yeah. He probably did. And, and the one thing, and I know, but the one thing I always think of when I think of Randy Moss is a very young Randy Moss on the Vikings when an interviewer stopped him and said, how'd you pay for that car? And he just said, straight cash. Straight holy. cash. Holy. They drove away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Those were the days. Oh, man. But but uh, sorry, I took us on a tangent there. But that's what that's the stuff you tune in live for, folks. That's that's what happens. But um, I agree with you on Desperation City, and we must be on some kind of wavelength because my Desperation City pick is also an Ohio-based team, 
and it's the Cleveland Browns. Because the, the Cleveland Browns, here we are back on the quarterback issue again. The Cleveland Browns are kind of in a New York Jets situation now. Their quarterback play hasn't been great, and they also have a great defense, and they also have a team with some offensive weapons. And um, Amari Cooper might not go. That would be a huge blow to this Browns team that needs a win. But they got to get some more stability from the quarterback uh, position, and they signed Joe Flacco is the answer to bring in Joe Flacco to kind of steady this team and just try to gut them to a win. I don't know, but Cleveland needs to win uh, this game against the – who are they playing? I got to check the, the Rams. Run. Oh, yeah, that's right, the Rams. Yeah, and that that is not going to be an easy win by any means. The Rams look a little rejuvenated right now, and – Take it from a Seahawks team. The Rams could sneak right up on you. Sean McVay is going to coach him up. He's going to have him ready to go. So Cleveland, I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe Flacco in there. I would not be surprised, but they need a win as well. That's right. The uh, the Rams, the Rams and the Browns, the rematch of the, the 1950 and 1951 NFL championship games. So Ooh, look at you coming off the top rope with the trivia. <laughs> oh yeah! Crap <laughs> always rises to the top. Oh yeah! Oh, bringing out the macho man, unexpected <laughs> talents. I didn't think Rye Stradamus had it in him. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the Saki Master certainly does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, our caster oiled Kim the week, Dustin. I think we're on the same wavelength <laughs> here too. Yeah. By God, in the words of Jim Ross, by God, this game's going to be ugly. And I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here in, ter- in terms of the Jets. After the bye, we, I, mean, I believe in Zach Wilson from yeah. weeks two through six. Coming into the bye week, they're they're, th- they're four and th- I think they're four, four and three coming out of the bye, coming into the bye week, and then. The wheels start to fall off the wagon, at least offensively. And we're and then he has a ter- is a couple terrible games. They can't can't score touchdowns. They went 30, what 30 well, 40 consecutive drives without a touchdown. Can't do anything against the Bills. I mean, he got yanked. Got yanked in the third middle of the third quarter after Robert Sala basically said this. Oh brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> and then on Black Friday, we had to witness the awesomeness that was Tim Boyle, who did the exact same thing, and Jets fans are saying the same thing again. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! So here we are at the same place we are again. Now we're still back at home on the following Friday, the following, following Sunday. Playing the Atlanta Falcons, who at five and six currently lead the <laughs> NFC South. Somebody NFC has South. to win it. Somebody has to win. It. Yeah, and, and we're back to, and again. We're we're back to we're back to we're back here for the entire NFC South. Oh, brother! This guy stinks. <laughs> this entire division stinks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 
And yeah. I can go off on a, I can go off on a tangent about Carol, the Carolina Panthers and how David Tepper is basically oh. dollar store, basically dollar store Art Rooney. You're the opposite of what Art Rooney is because he remember remember before he owned the Panthers, he owned five percent share of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But mm. that's another that's that, that maybe we'll save that for a ten good minutes segment about yeah that sounds owners, like a good one about some owners in the NFL and how they're completely unserious and that includes that includes the Johnson brothers who owned the New York Jets. Coming into this season, I had so much hope. Got dashed away in four in four plays. We rode that I rode that emotional roller coaster throughout that first week. And they lay an egg against Dallas. They lay an egg against New England. Played surprisingly well against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Got a win and got a win in Denver. Stole a win. Stole a game. Stole that win against the uh, against the Eagles after the bye week stole a game against the Giants they shouldn't they shouldn't had no business win that game after the putrid yeah. offensive performance they put on it's only because the Giants had not negative nine passing yards at the yeah <laughs> yeah yeah then they lay against the Chargers lay another egg on on, on on Monday night too so here we go again then should have won against the Raiders laid an egg against the Buffalo Bills and laid a giant egg. And by the way, please, can we no more Thanksgiving games, no more Thanksgiving themed games, whether it be on Thanksgiving Eve or Thanksgiving day or black Friday. Okay. Cause when now we have in New York, Jets folklore. Oh uh, yes. The yeah. fake spike. Yeah. The butt fumble. Yeah. And now what's being called the hell Mary. And that 99 yards after a, fail, a Hail Mary gets thrown, gets picked off at the one-yard line, and returned all the way back for a touchdown. Yeah. That's yeah. the Jets. Another play the Falcons, who are super streaky. At uh, I could describe them as, at best, streaky. And at worst, I mean, at, I can say they're at worst streaky, at best, scrappy. They're kind of like the Texans in a way that they're scrappy, but they have Arthur Smith, who's head coach, and uh, that mustache <laughs> is gross. Yeah, but yeah. I'm so glad I'm, for the, for this season. I think the la- at least the last four weeks, I'm so glad I have Red Zone. I don't have to watch this Jets team and have to commit my and have to commit apoplexy um, on social media or out in public because I'm would stroke out and probably die having to watch this team by themselves every single week. So uh, that's my caster oil game of the week, Dustin, what's yours? <laughs> well, I was tempted. I was tempted to, I was tempted to go the Thursday night football game, the Cowboys against my Seattle Seahawks, but I'm hoping that Seattle. Hold on. Of- hold on. The Cowboys you said. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody calling me, texting me, paging me, asking me, are you still involved? (laughs) Thank you, Dollar Store Usher. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I was tempted to go with the with the Seahawks versus the Cowboys, but I can't I can't go against totally against my team like that. 
And I looked for another game on the schedule, Ryan, but I too, I do apologize, sir. I landed on the Falcons Jets and I have nothing to add because you 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 brought so much fire and passion to that that I can't really add anything. The, although I will say the only hope that the, the, the best hope that the New York Jets have to win this game somehow is that you have Arthur Smith coaching on the other side and you possibly would have Desmond Ritter at quarterback, which I, I feel like Taylor Heineke is the best, the better option. Um, was he injured or something? Because I did not, I did not realize why Desmond Ritter was in that game um, uh, against the saints. I believe well, last week against the saints. Hang on. Yeah, Ritter was in there because I was surprised. I'm like, what is he doing in there? And then and then they said they said Ritter has had some moments where he's looked okay, but he's done he's he's had some turnovers. Uh I I just thought with the way the offense looked under Heineke that they wouldn't be going back to Desmond Ritter, but therein lies the magic of Arthur Smith. Um so that is what your best hope is is that Arthur Smith is on the other side and he's going to make some head scratching decisions. It okay. is a fact. So, so he didn't play the last two games before this Sunday's game against New Orleans. So yeah, he was yeah. he was benched, but he yes. played the full game in this game and wound up having played pretty decently with the exception of two interceptions. So yes, but I, I just. I don't understand why he went back to him. I understand that they were – I understand that they're, that uh, Ritter was their, was their pick. You know, he is their pick for their quarterback position. But I thought that once he went to Heineke and you saw the way that the team looked with Taylor Heineke, I, I, I thought it was a no-brainer he's going to go with Taylor Heineke. But mm-hmm. therein lies the magic of Arthur Smith. He's got – he's got – now, I was happy to see this, but um, he gave uh, – on a crucial third down that they needed, he gave Cordero Patterson the ball, not Bijan, not Bijan to, to convert that. He gave it to Cordero Patterson. So Arthur Smith is your best hope for the New York Jets. Yeah. And this game's going to wind up finishing like 6 3 or 9 6. Give me one of those bowling, triple bowling shoe, double pug, fugly football games. <laughs> I looked. I looked at the. I look. It's funny. I look at ESPN, and according to the ticket, the ticket service they use, it's called Vidtix or oh. Vid, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me double check. Yeah, tickets. Yeah, real from, time um, research. Vivid seats. Vivid oh, seats. vivid seats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tickets are starting. Starting at twenty four dollars. Wow. This. Wow. It's every indication that nobody wants to go to this game. Oh man, nobody wants to go to this game. For your and I've told this story on these airwaves before, but for for uh, I hope he's watching. I don't I don't know if he is. Sometimes he watches on the on the uh, on the 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 archive of the broadcast. But uh, to quote Scott Mastriani, my good friend. And your good friend, he said, he said when the Jets ticket office called him and said, hey, we'd like to give you some more tickets to the game, he said, 
I'll go when you put a better product on the field. I don't think I don't think Scott's going to be going to that Falcons game. <laughs> no. Well, let me tell you. Let me. I, I'm look. I'm actually looking at SeatGeek right now. By the way, twenty dollars yeah. off your first purchase of fifty dollars or more. Yeah. Don't go to Vivid Seats. Go to SeatGeek. Go to Vivid Seats. Go to SeatGeek. <laughs> Again, starting to, it's from twenty four dollars. The following week for the Houston Texans, starting from twenty six dollars. Then the last game of the home game of the season against the Washington Commanders, tickets starting from $27. <laughs> Nobody's going to these games. Oh, Unless wow. Aaron Rodgers suddenly decides, I mean, and and, and it what he did, he had, was announced that he's coming back to practice today. He's got a 21 day, I guess they say he has a 21, yeah, 21 day, day window, window. Yeah. Something like that. So he's definitely not playing this week. He could play against Houston. He could play against Miami. He could play against Washington. Well, well my big question is why? Why? Exactly. That's what. That's why. That's why I. It, you know, Jets Nation is mixed right now. Jets fandom is mixed right now. Half the, half the fans want to see him play to see what he can do to hopefully improve this offense, but the other half is like, no, no, no. Go to the go to go to OTAs in April. April, May, or go to ATAs in May, show up for training camp. Let's build a, let's rebuild this offensive line. Cause I, I mean, I, I couldn't play. They're down to their fifth stringer at right guard. Yeah. That's how bad, that's how bad things are. But well, I'm not going to go anymore into, into that. Cause we got to close up the show, but our players to watch in week 13, Dustin, who is your player to watch? I will be watching with a keen eye. And once again, you, you took the pick. You took the pick. You were really, you were really on it. But the, but to find another alternative was not uh, very hard for me. And you've mentioned him a lot in this show. I'll be watching Jordan Love very closely next week because we've mentioned his turnaround. We have to tip our caps to him because he's really turned around his play the last few games. He's really looked good, and. I myself am questioning whether this is for real or is this, you know, some fool's gold. Um, but if he plays well and, dare I say, it upsets the Chiefs, if the Packers upset the Chiefs, it'll go a long way in proving that, that Jordan Love's turnaround is for real and he's starting to become the player that they hoped he would be. So I will be keeping an extra eye on Mr. Love this week. How about you, sir? Duly noted. Duly noted. I have my eye on Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this is he, a great pick. Thank you, thank you. When 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 Jonathan Taylor missed the first four games of the season because he was serving, I guess, the team suspension or he wasn't available until week four because uh, of league rules. Uh, Zach Moss filled in rather admirably, and with Jonathan Taylor likely going to miss the next four weeks of the season with thumb surgery because he hurt his thumb against Tampa, Moss is going to have to step things up again. He's been slacking a little, he's been slacking a little bit uh, with Taylor being back. Hasn't been, hasn't been the lineup as much. Hasn't been the feature back, but if the Colts are going to keep on this track right now, they currently own the seventh spot in the AFC, which is a miracle in itself because nobody really saw that coming earlier in the season. But Shane Steichen has done a great job emphasizing the run game Mm-hmm. In this off in this Colts offense, and it starts and ends with either Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss. And with Taylor being out of the lineup, 
Moss is going to have to step up. He's going to have to be the workhorse for this team. No pun intended because it's the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. But the next four, this is the next four games for the Colts at Tennessee, at Cincinnati, at home against the Steelers, and then at the Falcons. And I think they have a pretty good shot of winning all four of those. They could take three out of the four of those games. Or they, had, or they have a shot at least taking at least three of those games. Tennessee, I think they, they beat Tennessee. I think they beat Cincinnati. Uh, Steelers and Falcons, they're a toss-up. But Zach, yeah. it, it, it begins and ends right now with Zach Moss running the ball and running it well. So he's my player to watch in Week 13. Yeah, if he can, if he can kind of uh, bring the stability to the running back position that he brought in the beginning of the year when Jonathan Taylor was out, and also let's not forget Zach Moss was unbelievable for I'd say about the first two games that Jonathan Taylor returned. Um, yep. They kind of they kind of split duties between the two, and Zach Moss looked good still then. So uh, if he can do that, it'll go a long way in having them possibly win out amongst those teams because I think I think I think you're right about that. I think they have a very good shot at, at, at possibly winning out that four game stretch. Yeah. Well that's gonna end it for this edition of No Crushers Required. You can listen to us. You can find us on our social media channels right down here below Twitter, Instagram and the scarcely used TikTok it's at NedCreds no creds REQ Facebook.com forward slash no creds req youtube.com forward slash at no creds req if you're watching live or on the replay don't forget to like comment share and subscribe on all of our social media channels on the podcast side subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms including apple podcast spotify spreaker google play wherever you podcast rate and review five stars is the number of stars to rate and if you're on a platform where you can review the show we will even read your review on the air. So, for Justin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy, and thank you for watching. Thank you for watching or listening to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. We hope to be back on our regular NFL NFL season day and time, which is eight o'clock on Tuesday. Hopefully, there's no family emergency on my part, but. We'll come to that bridge when we come to it. But in the meantime, we're going to get out of here. 